Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, or whenever you may be listening. Welcome to episode 52 of the Hang Time with Helgi podcast. I am your host, Luke Halgerson, and we back. That's right. Episode 52. Let's keep it moving. God, sports are just, it's been great. Absolutely fantastic. God, I've been loving it lately. You have to have been tuning in. You had to be there to see it. We're going to break down a little college basketball, little NFL news, little NBA news, and then, of course, my unpopular opinion. But first things first, topic number one, March Madness has truly been madness. This is March. Wow. It's been unbelievable. I mean, the upsets, some of what some of these teams are doing right now, mm, mm-mm-mm. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. The only one, number one seed, Illinois, has been knocked out. So three ones still remain. But the real surprise is every seed except for a 16 seed won a game this March Madness. 15 through one seed. Every single one won at one point in their matchup. As it currently stands, the NCAA tournament is looking like such. Gonzaga, the number one seed, number one overall one seed at that, who's looked fantastic, goes up against Creighton. Also on that side of the bracket, USC goes up against Oregon, two Pac-12 schools. Um, On the other side of the bracket, Baylor, Another number one seed will go up against Villanova. And also in that, a number three seed, Arkansas, goes up against the biggest surprise of the tournament, Oral Roberts. And for those who had to look up where Oral Roberts is, that's right, Oklahoma. Who would have thunk what they did? Just, wow, beating Ohio State. Then beating Florida. I mean, they're just doing their thing right now. Then we also got an 8-12 matchup. Loyola, Chicago. Sister Jean, the 8 seed. Don't call them underdogs. We've seen them go on this kind of run before. They've been great. And then another team, another Pac-12 school at that. The Oregon State Beavers. I mean, just demolishing teams. Again, we're, we're selected to pick last in the preseason coaches poll. Finished dead last in the conference, and here they are in the sweet 16 with a chance to go to the Elite Eight. Uh, the other matchup there, the 11 seed, Syracuse, going up against the number two seed, Houston, who won a thriller come from behind game. They've been some great games so far. And then the final two games that we got this coming weekend number one, Michigan Wolverines will go up against number four, Florida State, and then another number 11 seed, UCLA. They've played three games. Everyone else to this point has played two. I mean, they went to overtime with Michigan State, and here they are in the Sweet 16 going up against the Crimson Tide, the two seed, Alabama. This tournament has been unbelievable. 
real. Unreal. How many upsets? 11. Broke the record. Most upsets ever in an NCAA tournament has been this year. And I credit it to a couple different things. First of all, it's a wonky year already. So some teams didn't get to play as many games. It's just, you know, COVID-filled year, pandemic year has made things a little difficult. Another reason, I think it's because it's happening more or less in one location. Now, usually, for example, Gonzaga would be in the West region since they're in the Western part of the United States. And, you know, they would get a lot of fans. There would be a lot of people there specifically cheering for Gonzaga because they they would travel for an NCAA tournament game. So stadiums and arenas are not filled, and it's happening in one location. All the games are taking place in the state of Indiana. Yeah, they've been across a few different arenas, but more or less it's still taking place in one central location. So the fan support is not that extreme for a lot of these higher-ranked teams. Yeah, it's a neutral site, but they shape the um, they shape the bracket so it forces the better teams to have more of a chance for fans to come out since they pretty much put them in the region that they're located for the most part. And I think the lack of fans in the arena is allowing it to be the players are bringing the intensity. You're not getting any energy, momentum, excitement from the fans. There are a few fans there. There are some people who are there to get you pumped up. The TV goes to them, but they are spaced out. There's not a lot of them. The arena's smaller. So there's only two, 3,000 people. It's not a lot. So it's really on the players to get the momentum. And when one team gets hot, gets all the energy in the building, they pretty much control it. As far as these double-digit seeds, They've been dominating teams. Like Loyola College was up 12 at halftime against Illinois. One of the best teams in the country, and they dismantled them. Loyola Chicago is not your typical eight seed, but nonetheless, shocking how dominant it was. And at no point in the second half did I think that Illinois was going to come back and win. Watch the whole second half. I couldn't believe what I was witnessing. I was just like, they're not coming back. And sure enough, they never did. Loyola Chicago retained all of the momentum. Illinois couldn't get anything going, couldn't get anything done. It was baffling. It was baffling to watch, but it doesn't surprise me in the least bit. There's This is just different circumstances, different situation. Should have known. My bracket went to hell just like everyone else's, but I should have known this would have been the kind of year where the ridiculous would happen just based off how these guys have to play, what the situation is going to be. Because it's drastically different. I mean, they're used to playing in front of packed, filled, sold-out arenas. Now they're playing in front of a few thousand fans. They've had bigger more people at high school championship games. It's got to be weird for these guys. So they're literally getting all the energy from their teammates, the coaches, and they're, they're doing it off sheer will. That's why I think more upsets are happening than usual. That's just, that's just my thoughts on it. I mean, you can just look at it. The team, even like Rutgers, Clemson, they almost pulled off the upset. It's just, it's absolutely insane what's going on. 
absolutely insane. Just and the games have been exciting too. I've really enjoyed all of the games as far. It's great having college basketball on all day. It's been fun. I've enjoyed the tournament to the full extent of enjoying the tournament. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Just so we'll give you a real quick, tell you when the games are. So told you all the matchups. Now let me tell you. So let me tell you again for those who aren't very good at listening. In the South region, Baylor goes up against Villanova. Arkansas goes up against Oral Roberts. In the Midwest region, Loyola Chicago goes up against Oregon State. Number two, Houston goes up against Syracuse. In the East region, Michigan goes up against Florida State. Alabama goes up against UCLA. In the West region, Gonzaga goes up against Creighton. And USC goes up against Oregon. Again, shout out to the Pac-12. Considered, people just forget about the West Coast when it comes to the media because ESPN's on the eastern side of the United States. But everyone forgets about the Pac-12, and here they are. Excuse me, four teams. UCLA, USC, Oregon, Oregon State. Just wild. That's what the tournament will give you. So as far as when these games are, the Oregon State... Loyola game will be Saturday at 2.40 p.m. Watch it on CBS. Syracuse, Houston, Saturday at 9.55. Um, Villanova against Baylor, that'll be Saturday at 5.15. Oral Roberts against Arkansas, that'll be um, Saturday at 7.25. Um, In the West region, Creighton against Gonzaga. That'll be Sunday at 2.10 Eastern time. All these are Eastern time, by the way, just so you all know. Just so you all know. And then also we got Oregon, USC, Sunday at 9.45 in the East region. Florida State against Michigan, Sunday at 5 p.m. UCLA against Alabama. That'll be Sunday at 7.15 p.m. So it's going. More college basketball. I know I'll be glued to the TV. I hope you are, too. Moving on, let's talk about the pros for topic number two. That's right, the association, the National Basketball Association. What I want to talk about with it, the injury bug is hitting, and it's hitting hard. I mean, the other night, I was recording an episode, and sure enough, I saw LeBron James get injured, has a high ankle sprain. He'll miss four to six weeks more likely to be four uh, on the side of four weeks. But so many guys are injured. Like, I saw LeBron James go down. I was like, wow. Like, he's not the only superstar in the league that's out. So LeBron has the high ankle sprain, right? Well, Steph Curry, he's out too. He's got the tailbone contusion. He'll miss some time. Kevin Durant, he's been out for a while with a left hamstring strain. I know the Nets are being very uh, cautious with it. Not wanting to take any chances, but he's been out. Uh, LeBron James's running mate, Anthony Davis, you know, he's out with the calf strain. Lakers, again, being very cautious with him. Don't want to take any chances. Want to make sure he's ready for a playoff run. Giannis and Tedekumbo out with the sprained left knee. Now, granted, the Bucks did score 148 points or 143, an absurd amount of points. They scored way too many points of what should be happening in a regular season NBA game without Giannis and Tedekumpo. But he's out, sprained left knee, 
Kyrie Irving's out with a family matter, so not necessarily an injury, but he still will miss the next few games for the Nets. Jason Tatum, he's out with an illness. Joel Embiid, he's got a left knee injury. And then obviously, you know, everyone's favorite Golden State Warrior, Clay Thompson, has been out all year with a torn right Achilles. Like, just think, think about the names I just mentioned here. LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid. Think about who those guys are in the league. Every single one of them is a top 10 basketball player in the world right now. Every single one of those players. I, I think definitively. Definitively, these are the top-ranked guys in the league, and they are all hurt, every single one of them. Even rookie, LaMelo Ball, the favorite to win rookie of the year thus far, he's injured with a fractured wrist, got surgery today, potential to return late in the year, but I wouldn't be overly optimistic there. I mean, just the injury bug is hitting the NBA hard. It's just, again, just another weird season that we're dealing with, and I, I don't want to blame the shortened season because a lot of teams got rest because whether they didn't go very far in the bubble, they weren't even in the bubble altogether, but some guys had rest. Yeah, I can understand Anthony Davis and LeBron James getting injured. LeBron got hurt in a fluke way by Solomon Hill rolling up on his ankle, and luckily it was just a high ankle sprain, but I can understand them getting hurt because they had such a short offseason. Same goes for the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler was out with COVID. He's had, they've had some injury concerns. Like Those are two teams where I understand, yeah, injuries could happen for them more likely because they had the shortest offseason. But just crazy that all these guys are just going down left and right and MVP candidates. I said the other night, LeBron James was my favorite for MVP with him missing Four to six weeks now, I don't think he has a chance to win MVP. So I'm definitely going to have to make a new MVP leaderboard uh, come the next couple of episodes just because, you know, I had LeBron James there. I had Joel Embiid on there. And both of them are hurt and going to miss significant time. Going to miss significant time. It's just unfortunate. You know, you want to see the best players in the world compete when you watch these teams on TV and they're just not out there. You know, I'm watching the Brooklyn Nets against the Portland Trailblazers. Both teams have had injury concerns, you know, Durant being on the Nets, and he's been out for some time. Kyrie Irving's not playing right now, so I'm only watching James Harden for them. And then C.J. McCollum for the Portland Trailblazers. He's been out. Yosef Nurkic is still out. Zach Collins is still out for the Trailblazers. Just so many injuries going on. And I know it happens. It's part of the game, but seems to be happening at a higher rate than usual. So just unfortunate to see. And hopefully these guys can get back healthy so we can watch basketball be the peak sport that it is with the best players in the world, all healthy at one time, competing for the ultimate prize of being crowned NBA Final World Champions. Moving on, topic number three. Look this, Deshaun Watson. Boy, oh boy. You know, this is kind of a, first of all, it needs to be said, what idiot, just to be associated with these allegations. So kind of to give you a rough overview of what's going on, Deshaun Watson has uh, received a lot of accusations of sexual assault, sexual harassment, um, 
sexual misconduct. Um, this is going to court. Um, 16. 16. Earlier today, early Monday, it was at 14. Now it's at 16. 16 women have filed lawsuits against Sean Watson uh, uh, in regards to sexual assault, sexual misconduct, all that. Like, my goodness. 16? Now look, before I go any further, it needs to be said due process needs to take place. That's the biggest thing right now. Give me all the facts. Allegations do not equal a guilty verdict. That will never be the way I think. Are allegations a good look? Absolutely not. But you can't just give them the benefit of the doubt right away. All the facts, everything needs to be presented for me to make a proper decision. I'm not saying I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I'm not saying I'm on his side. I'm saying I'm waiting till all the information comes out before I just deem him a sexual predator. Uh, before I consider him a super predator. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not willing to say that because I need all the facts, all the information. But also needs to be said that even to be involved with having your name in the media like this, having stories and news constantly being broken about you for being involved with sexually harassing women is never a good look at all. So I totally understand that. He definitely needs to be held accountable if all of this is true. I'm under full, full extent of the law. He should be prosecuted. If, anything, if he's doing the kind of things that they're alleging him of doing, yeah, I would be okay with jail time. Throw him in jail. If that's the case that ends up happening and that gets proven, yep. If all these allegations are tr true, throw him in jail. Problem is, this is a civil suit. So the idea is that this civil suit goes through and then possibly Houston, where Deshaun Watson lives, that Houston, you know, law enforcement in the Harris County District would, you know, look into prosecuting Watson in some form. So two more lawsuits were filed this afternoon, Tuesday, March 24th, and uh, by Houston lawyer Tony Buzzbead against Watson alleging sexual assault and inappropriate conduct. Mm -mm -mm. In a statement Tuesday issued before lawsuits number 15 and 16 were filed, uh, Harden, um, Rusty Harden, that is, um, who is Deshaun Watson's quarterback, he made a statement saying that he has strong evidence showing that one lawsuit of alleged sexual assault is false and that it calls into question the legitimacy of other cases as well. So he said this is, um, he had this to say, um, orchestrated a circus-like atmosphere by using social media to publicize uh, the 14th case of Jane Doe's lawsuit and that the lawyer has refused Hardin's request to confidentially um, provide the names of the plaintiffs so we can fully investigate their claims against the Houston quarterback. So obviously doing the typical lawyer thing of, yeah, we're denying it. And you need to prove the legitimacy, and we will also follow through and try to prove the legitimacy or the falsity of this. And it just, it, it's an ugly situation to just even have your name involved. And 
again, that's what I'm going to go by. I, I need due process. I need things to happen. I need to see. I'm not just going to accuse anyone of anything until they're proven guilty. That That's how our courts work. That's how our law, laws work. That's how our country should work. Innocent until proven guilty. Because there have been false claims of rape, of sexual misconduct. Those things have happened. Yeah, usually, but with 16, it's not looking good. Not looking good for Mr. Watson at all. Last week, NFL spokesperson Brian McCarthy said the matter is under review pertaining to the league's personal conduct policy, and the Texans said in a statement that they would stay in close contact with the NFL during its investigation. So NFL doing their part, investigating the situation as well. I mean, what more can you do? You got to get all the facts. You got to get everything out there before you make any rash decisions of suspending Watson, putting him on the commissioner's list. Like, you need all the information out there. Yeah, these allegations happen, but uh, are they legitimate? So, at this point, got to prove the legitimacy of them for me, for anyone to make a true verdict of what's going on. So, I don't like when people are just going out there and just saying, oh, he's guilty. You know, he needs to be uh, suspended. Houston should cut him. No, like, they're just allegations at this point. We need to see if they're true. So, I'm on that side, but I will say it again. If proven that he did these things, he should be in prison. And I'm happy to say that, even for an NFL quarterback. All right. So, God. Just, ugh, an ugly situation to be a part of, for sure. And then for topic number four, I got to talk about another just ugly, terrible situation that's going on right now. Uh, So the NCAA tournament, you know, a lot of upsets have happened. A lot of things have gone on. And, you know, the big upsets, you know, Ohio State lost to Oral Roberts in the first round. Um, A two-seed Ohio State losing to a 15-seed, pretty staggering for sure, only the ninth time ever that that's happened in March Madness where a 15-seed has beaten a two-seed. And then Illinois lost in the second round to Loyola Chicago. Spoke on those upsets already. But what the results of those games have turned into some ugliness that is just unacceptable unacceptable. So EJ Liddell is one of the best players in college basketball. Plays for the Ohio State University. Actually, it's correction, the Ohio State University. And, um, you know, he had a pretty good game. Scored, what, 24 and 11, I think he had in their loss to Oral Roberts. So kid had himself a ball game, you know, Uh, 23 points, 14 rebounds, excuse me. And um, God, he just... And so you get these fans out there, these keyboard warriors who just hide behind their computer and their phone and their screen and their keyboard and think they can just say whatever they want and that it's acceptable for them to say these things. It is absolutely sick what some people said to this kid. Like he, he's 20 years old. This kid's 18, 19, 20 years old. And he does not deserve this kind of hate. I'll just read a little bit of what this, what someone sent him as a DM. 
after they lost. He said, you goofy-ass fucking folded. Make the fucking free-throw clown goofy-ass uh, word I can't say. I hope somebody uh, shoot yo at in the face. Uh, for real, bro, you a fucking bum. You are so fucking terrible, bro. I swear to God, I'm going to fucking hacker. Uh, so I can find out exactly where you be at so I can smack the shit out of you personally and put that on my life. Yo, where are you from? I'll pull up on you immediately. I swear to God, I'm going to kill yo faggot ass, faggot ass, mm, pussy ass bitch. Suck my dick. Like, my dude, what are you? What? Why would you say that to another grown man? Like, look, they're trolls on the Internet fully aware of that you know there are just people out there saying that but clearly this person is actually saying this from the heart another person this is what another dm he received all these messages right here you fucking loser you should be embarrassed to even be on instagram you fat fuck you sorry f- motherfucker shut your comments off haha ha, piece of shit you managed to do it again you were shooting a one and one to win the game you're such a fucking disgrace. Don't ever show your face at Ohio State. We hate you. I hope you die. I really do. Like, these people are saying they hope they die, that they would kill him. Like, what is wrong with y'all? Y'all are grown men. It goes farther than just trolling. It goes farther than just having a reaction to a basketball game. These losers need to be stopped. Like, how can you have that kind of... First of all, it's basketball. Look, I love sports. I'm doing a sports podcast right now. But, uh, yeah, am I disappointed when my team loses in a insane fashion? Of course. Just like every fan, you know? That's why we're called fans. We're fanatics. That's what it is. But this this isn't fanaticy. This isn't being a fan. This is This is sick. Like, this is disgusting. Like, honestly, I'm glad EJ... Uh, Liddell tweeted this stuff out that he said, honestly, what did I do to deserve this? I'm human. You damn right, you human. Like, you make mistakes. You're playing basketball at a high level and the pressure gets you and you missed a couple free throws and you lost a basketball game. That's no reason to be getting death threats and people saying, you fucking loser, you fucking bum, I want to fucking kill you. Like, what is... It's just sick what some people are saying out there. And he wasn't the only guy who received hate. An Illinois player um, who's another great player, Coffee Cockburn, you know, really good big man for um, for Illinois. He was a second Big Ten player um, who's received these comments. The second, like how are two guys getting this? And he put up a team high, 21 points, 9 rebounds, and a loss. Again, another good outing. Someone posted on the, on one of his comments, commented on it. Go back home, you bum. Fucking lost to Loyola. Go sit your monkey ass on the couch. Like, first of all, why are y'all... And, uh, you know, funny, people exposed this kid, and he deleted his account. And, uh, you know, so he realizes... These people realize the repercussions that they have when they get exposed for saying it. When it gets shown that they are racist, that they are a bigot, that they are scum. They things should happen for having this kind of just thought and being able to say this. You're a grown man, and you're saying this to another grown man. It's embarrassing. 
it's embarrassing that some of these people are society part of our society. And look, I'm not going to act like you know there aren't internet trolls out there and not understand the difference between that. But I, I think this goes a little farther than just being an internet troll and just trying to you know stir the pot, if you will. Like this is this is sick. These people definitely have something wrong with them, and it's it's ab- they're absolute scum. Absolute scum. So I, I resent anyone who would ever say that. Like, they're bad. You play basketball. It's not that serious. It, it really isn't. Like, sports are great. All of it is awesome. You know, competing at the highest level. But it's sports at the end of the day. It's It has no effect on your life other than um, the instant moment. Like, when my team loses, yeah. Am I bummed out for it? When the Cubs lose, yeah, I'm bummed out when they lose. But I'm also not reaching out to Chris Bryant saying I hope he dies. Like, I'm not... That's sick. That That's psychopathic thoughts to be believing those kind of things. It's 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 a shame. It's an absolute shame, and these people need to be expelled from our society. If you can do that. If that could be possible, just get rid of these fucking losers who are going out of their way to just embarrass themselves, embarrass our country, and just talking trash to a basketball player. Like, grow up. Grow up. Act like an adult. Yeah, it's entertainment. That enjoy it. Enjoy it. Like, losers. Losers. Moving on, topic number five. We got to get a little chipper. You know, the past two, whew, I know they've been doozies. Talking about sexual assault charges, uh, not charges, allegations for Deshaun Watson, and then racist messages for o- Ohio State and Illinois player. We got we to gotta get back on the positive side. So, but a sombering goodbye to the one, the only, Drew Brees. That's right, Drew Brees retired. Little older news, he retired, um, what, last week officially saying he is moving on. It is time to step away from the game that he loves so much. What Drew Brees, he announced his retirement on a Instagram post, and uh, we share our amazing moment together, many of which are, are embezzled in our hearts and minds and will forever be a part of us. You have molded me, strengthened me, inspired me, and given me a lifetime of memories. My goal for the last 15 years was striving to give you everything you had given to me and more. I am only retiring from football. I am not retiring from New Orleans. This is not goodbye. Rather, a new beginning. Now, my life, my real life's work begins. 42 years old. One of the greatest quarterbacks ever. I'm willing to say he's the fourth greatest quarterback right here. You can mark my words, write it down, put it up on a wall, whatever you got to do to remember it. The fourth greatest quarterback of all time would be the one and only Drew Brees, as it stands at this point in time here in 2020. Fourth greatest quarterback ever. Oh, you don't believe me? Oh, here's some NFL records that the one and only Drew Brees has. (laughs) Now, it should be noted, a couple of these records are going to get passed. He's the only man in professional football history to surpass 80,000 yards passing. 80, 
thousand yards in a season. Hmm. Absolutely insane. His 571 touchdowns passes are second only to the GOAT, Tom Brady. So Tom Brady might beat a couple of his records, but here are his pe- uh, records so far that are most significant for Drew Brees. Most passing yards, like I said. Most completions with 7,142. 7,000 completions. Wow. Uh, best career completion percentage with at least 2,000 attempts. Completed 67.7% of his throws. True. Breeze. Most seasons with 5,000 passing yards. He's got five of those. Most completions in a season. He had 471 completions in one season. He had the best completion percentage in a season. He completed 75% of his throws. Three for four. Uh, just automatic in 2018. Tied for the most passing touchdowns in a game. He threw for seven touchdowns in one game. Most games with 300-plus TD, uh, 3D-plus passing yards, excuse me. He did that 123 times. Most games with four-plus passing touchdowns, he did that 37 times. Most games with five-plus passing touchdowns, he did that 11 times. Most seasons with 30-plus passing touchdowns, and he did that 10 times. In his career, Drew Brees, the record speak for himself. He's probably, when you look at his legacy, what he's done, he is definitely the most important player in New Orleans sports history. Uh, it's uncomparable what he's done for that city, what he's given back to them, the community work he's done, what he did after Hurricane Katrina struck. They won a Super Bowl. The things that he has just done for the New Orleans community. And he's really bought into what New Orleans is, what they do. Like, when you think New Orleans, you think Drew Brees. That's what I think. Uh, I think of Drew Brees, the Saints, what this man was able to do over his career. I think he's been the most important football player to any organization ever. Like, Drew Brees has meant more to the Saints than any player has ever meant to any organization. And I'm saying it as far as, like, not necessarily impact. You know, Brady obviously had more of an impact by winning more Super Bowls with the Patriots. But just the way he embedded himself in the New Orleans community and really just showed the best of it. You know, he's Drew Brees, fourth greatest quarterback of all time. And there's nothing wrong after 20 years of saying you're the fourth best ever to do that. Drew Brees. He is that man, and he has retired 20 years in the NFL. That's, that's a long time playing football. He spent five years with the Chargers. They kind of gave up on him, almost went to the Dolphins when Nick Saban was the coach there, and then he ends up in New Orleans, changes the franchise, changes the city, puts the team on his back, though. It's, uh, it's a shame to see one of the greats go, but we're getting to that time. The, the legends and the icons of when I was a kid are, they're moving on, they're retiring. Now, Drew Brees isn't fading out of the spotlight, sure enough. Uh, NBC Sports, <laughs> right on it, coming on, and he's coming in the booth. So we'll see him Sunday Night Football doing broadcasts for them. I don't know if he's going to do play-by-play or if he's going to be a color commentator, but I know he'll be an analysis guy. Um, I'm excited. I mean, 
He's one of the smartest players ever. He he knows how to diagnose the game. It's Drew Brees. It's what he do. So congrats on the great career, Drew Brees. It's a shame to see you go, but it is time. It is time. And now for my unpopular opinion. Look, we're going to make it short and sweet because it's about something sweet. That's right. This needs to be said here, now, forever, and always. Fruit will always be better and is better than candy. Just think about it. You know, what would you rather have? A juicy bite of watermelon or like sweet tarts or Skittles or Starburst? No, no, no. Give me pineapple. Give me blueberries. Give me strawberries. Give me apples. Like I said, watermelon, mangoes, you name it. Dragon fruit. Keep going. Keep reeling them off. Grapes. Everything. All fruit is better than candy. And now frozen fruit. You want to talk about leveling up? Let me give you a tip, everyone. If you like blueberries as much as me, throw them in the freezer. Oh, my God. They're incredible. Oh, absolutely delicious. Pineapple frozen. Life-changing. Life-changing experience. Grapes in the freezer, too? Mm, frozen grapes are to die for. Mm. Gosh, I'm just smacking on some right now. Ooh-wee. And then the nice part about it, if you have all this fruit frozen, throw that in a blender, put some juice in it, you got yourself a smoothie. I myself like to make a little mango, pineapple, smoothie, throw some strawberries in there too, a little orange juice or apple juice or whatever juice you prefer. Throw it in there. Mm, mm, mm. Golly, it's not even debatable. Like Fruit is so much better than candy. It's also, think about it, it's natural. It's healthy. It comes from the earth. Take advantage, man. Like God knew what he was doing when he created fruit. He put that on earth for us to enjoy together under the sun. And let me tell you, there's nothing better than biting into a crisp apple, a little apple and peanut butter action. It is just money. Fruit is so damn good. doesn't get enough credit. We need more fruit stands in the world. I want to be able to walk down the street and grab a piece of fruit. Here's 50 cents for that apple, for that pear, whatever you want here. Name your price. I'll take it. Mm. Love me some fruit. I'm about to make me a smoothie right now. And that's the end of episode 52 of the Hang Time with Helgi podcast. Thanks for listening. You know, check me out on social media. Like I said, we're making changes. Big changes coming to social media. Also, check out my website, hangtimewithhelgi.com. That's right. We're making big moves on there, too. we got a lot of exciting content coming your way, people. So stay locked, stay loaded, stay safe, and stay sane. Because it ain't over yet. 2021 keeps rolling on. No matter the situation that's going on, we can get through this together, people. You, me, one day at a time, we gonna do the damn thing. All right, I'm out. Peace.